This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Phillies Backstage. I'm Tom Burgoyne, joined by John Brazier, Director of Fun and Games. John, the last podcast we recorded, we were fired up. We were on our way to the World Series. Uh, it is Monday, November, what's today, the 7th? I don't that know. sound about right? But the World <laughs> it Series. It is the 7th. It's the 7th. <laughs> the World Series is over, and uh, it was a heck of a run. Um we're going to have a good time uh, today, you know, looking back uh, on what we were up to. And uh, it was electric here, obviously, for three days. Uh, so we have, you know, a lot to talk about, but uh, we had a, a we disappointing had a, end. We had a full day yesterday to basically yeah. uh, kind of mull cry. over, cry, <laughs> yes, be depressed. <laughs> I was in the but, fetal position. But, yes, uh, but today, <laughs> Monday, it's a new leaf. We are looking, we are being a fountain, not a drain, Tom. Correct. Correct. We're going to look at, uh, look back at all, because we had some great stories since our last podcast that I can't wait to tell the audience. Uh, it was a great run, and you know what? I think looking back and looking forward, looking back with all that, you know, the success we had and the way we captured the city, uh, actually captured the nation. I think, you know, I, I had friends from all over the country that, weren't Phillies fans that were really into it. Um, my daughter got really into it, and she was a kind of a casual fan. And, uh, you know, when when uh, Alvarez had the big home run, uh, my daughter, who's going to be soon to be 15, sent me she's, – she's now an official Philadelphian, Tom. She sent me a long text uh, messages that were just <laughs> – Oh. So, like really upset. Something that I would send at at fourteen, fifteen years old. Did she so, throw her first f bomb, John? She didn't throw an f bomb. Okay. She'd be in big right, trouble good. if she did that. Yes. But she basically said she, you know, just a very emotional. <laughs> it was uh, sad, angry, yeah. mad. Aww. You know, just the whole deal. So, but yeah. she's fine now. Uh, but again, looking forward uh, is that look, we did great, and most of the teams coming back, right? We uh, probably going to have some changes. There's some guys that are free agents. Uh, there's some maybe some uh, club deals that we won't uh, renew. Uh, who knows? I mean, I guess we'll all find out in the next uh, you know month or so. And you know, with maybe the revenue we have coming in, with you know, with everything that went on, who knows? Maybe we can be in that uh, market for uh, some of these big guys. There's some big names: Trey Turner and Correa and Bogards and this and that. So Danzy Swanson. Who knows? Maybe we'll get a shortstop move. Start over to. Second Are base? you bucking for a promotion? Do you want to be like the next GM, or you want to be Dave Dombrowski's no, right hand man? I want Sounds Dave like to, you're ready to spend. I want Dave uh, to listen to this, and, and <laughs> yeah. so then he goes out and, and gets Trey Turner, who's right. So who knows? So oh, I, I gotcha. all good. The future looks great. Yes. Again, because my daughter asked me, "Hey, did a lot of these guys coming back?" I said, "Actually, Charlotte, the you know we have a lot of players coming back. The core nucleus. Obviously, we have Bryce Harper for a long time, yeah. uh, and we have you know some of the other guys Schwarber for a long time. So we'll see. Yeah." 
We'll I'll, see. I'm looking at now Monday. If you if I did this podcast yesterday, <laughs> I, I just don't know how I'd get through it. But today, I am a I'm a fountain, not a dream. The sun is shining, and uh, this, you know it's uh, it is good. I think you're right about that, John. Let a day go by, and uh, we're looking to the future. But first, before we look to the future, uh, we went to Houston for games one and two, and I've said it before, John. I said it. I think on our last podcast, nobody does it like the Phillies. First class all the way. Nothing we take for granted because we know other teams don't do this. I know Houston, they sent their employees in for games three and four. They came to Philadelphia. They took two separate planes. One group came to game three. Uh, and they flew right out. They flew right out. I think they did spend the night. And then they get them out of here, and then the next group comes in. We had 400. We had two planes chartered, 400 of our front office. Of course, the traveling party that travels with the team was already down there, and you add all those people, another 100 or so people uh, there. Um, but just the accommodations, the parties, there's nobody parties well, like the Well, I've talked to you know, some people in the Houston organization. Yeah. Uh, and I remember back, you know, back in 2009, Yankees. Yankees yeah. didn't even throw a party uh, at home in New York, yeah. we threw the party in at Yankee, Yankee Stadium. Stadium. That was and I remember the Yankees fans were really, or not fans, the Yankees employees were upset that we're actually having yeah. a party on their yeah. in their stadium, yeah. right? And they didn't have one. So. I retold that story so many times uh, when we were in Houston. Like, here we go again. We're down here in Houston just taking over the town. John, do, do police escorts ever get old? No, but I tell you what, you know, it, it was funny because my wife, Jill, traveled with us. And when we had the police escort, uh, I don't know, your son, Andrew, was yeah. on the trip. Uh, it's the first time Jill's ever had a police escort, right? Oh. I mean, why would you have one unless you're... Yes. Now, we've had a couple, obviously, being part yes. of the Phillies organization. And it's cool because, obviously, they clear out the path. The next thing you know, ten there's buses. no traffic. So we had 10 buses. So, you know, you land in the airport and then to the hotel and then the hotel to a party and then back to the hotel and then to the game and then to another party. Then to and the airport. everywhere this caravan of 10 buses went, we had, what were there, about 15 to 20 motorcycles, John, and, and police cars. And they would, we'd get up onto the highway. They would block the highway yeah. just so we could, you know, use the on-ramp, have all 10 10 buses together and just just to watch to see how they would zigzag and block traffic and just give us you know uh, so when somebody asks you if there's any traffic issues in Houston say (laughs) no way at all the roads are all clear no matter what time John I I remember once a fanatic used to uh, lead the toys for tot parade uh, of motorcycles Uh, unbelievable event I don't think they do it anymore but uh, they'd have anywhere between 50 and 75,000 motorcycles uh, that would start on Delaware Avenue you'd start go across Spring Garden Street and then get onto the Vine Street Expressway head west but then kind of U-turn go back to University City and wind up at Children's Hospital and all the motorcyclists uh, the bikers pretty funny these guys and leather all carrying Barbie dolls and Christmas presents and big stuff, you know, teddy bears. Uh, but it was a sight to see. And the Fanatic would lead that on a, a Hummer, lead the parade of fifty to 75,000 motorcycles. And what I'm getting at is we would come up to uh, Vine, the Vine Street Expressway, the on-ramp to get on, and the cops would be uh, stopping the traffic right there. And I'd always make sure to look down, because I'd be with the Fanatic, of course, look down and just look at that person who's, just got just got stopped. They had no idea that they're about to see seventy five thousand motorcycles right, go right, by. Right. You know, while they wait there for about an hour. You know, but uh, that's the kind of escort that we got in Houston. And it then even even we charter a flight, and right when you get yes. on the plane, you don't even have, you pull up basically right to the yeah. the plane. 
Uh, they do the check right there, and then next thing you know, you're getting Kit Kats and offered like <laughs> lobster, shrimp, well, and they offered us uh, Shake Shack double cheeseburgers. <laughs> right, okay, right. we figured that's dinner. That and was then, only the appetizer. Yeah, and then like, they what came, do you want for lunch? No. And I, I ordered a chicken bowl, and I could I was I wasn't even hungry, but I, I said, know. Uh, yeah, it was great. The and charter then, was great. And then Houston, if uh, if listeners haven't been to Houston. It's a bigger city than Philadelphia, but not only bigger, but it's it's really spread out. Mm-hmm. And there's like it almost feels like there's different downtowns, right? Yeah. When you see Philadelphia, it's one big skyline, and then you have the outer northeast Philly, and you have southwest Philly. There, it's like they have different downtowns, it feels like. They have like yeah. two or three downtowns, and really spread out. We went to uh, the one night, we went to an awesome place called Brennan's on the Bayou, uh, which obviously is on the Bayou. Uh, and... It's uh, had a deck and had uh, we had every employee there. We had Rob Thompson was there. We had some of the coaches. It was co- like this fancy the steakhouse, there. and we had a party for five hundred people there. Right. It was crazy. And then the day, the next day, I went to Todd Callis. Todd Callis is Harry's son, who is a TV announcer for Houston Astros. So I went over right. to his house, uh, hung out with him, watched college football. And then we went to the other place, yeah. which was the, the Armadillo, uh, Armadillo uh, Palace. And that was very Texas barbecue. Mm. And I got to say about Texas fans and the employees, I tell you what, they were so nice and accommodating. Like even after we won game one, we were high-fiving. Like they they were high-fiving us as we're leaving. And they're like, good luck tomorrow yeah, i hate that and and i'm and, sorry well, well the funny thing is i'm thinking sitting there looking at him going oh my gosh you guys have no idea what you're gonna get when you come to philadelphia uh they right? were too nice john and i just <laughs> i just wanted to hate them and i couldn't hate them couldn't, the people so couldn't nice. have been nicer and that i gotta true. tell you for for a, it now it's not a dome it has a retractable roof mm. this this and i've been to the ballpark before um but it's actually for an indoor when the roof is closed for an indoor ballpark. It's actually pretty cool. I gotta say it's mm. you know much different from the trop, you know Tropicana, yeah, you yeah. know in in Tampa, um, much different from obviously the Astrodome when it was back in. Because those p- places are so big, this is kind of an intimate ballpark. It is intimate. But there's a, there's just like anything in Texas. Yeah. There's just a lot, and yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. Your, the the visual that you get. I mean, just there's so many different things going on yeah. that your eye catches. It's almost like too busy yes, in a I certain sense. Um, but I call it a little gimmicky. That ballpark to me yeah, is just a little Yeah, with the train and everything. And, and yeah. I, I was waiting for the fanatics. Every time something happens, they, they have the train uh, up top. Now, yeah. the reason why they have a train is because the, the ballpark was built on an old train station. So they have some guy in overalls, and every time the fan division would go right to the guy in the overalls. So I was waiting for the fanatic to basically. Yeah, that guy got on my nerves, by the way. Uh, well, I was thinking <laughs> that the fanatic then back in Philadelphia, but then Philadelphians wouldn't get it because they, you know, no. they weren't really paying attention like we were because we were in the stadium. Yeah. And you're seeing the train, you know, the guy in the overalls. So, but next the guy thing, in the overalls. Yeah. And he was on fan division more than anybody. It's like, do we really have to look at this guy every time they score a run? You know, when they moved into that ballpark, they got rid of Orbit. Uh, and they went with Junction Jack, who was a rabbit, who was the conductor up there. And all he did was just sit up there and do the train thing. But now they just have a, mm. a fat guy in overalls. <laughs> well, instead of having Tommy Lasorda in uh, yeah. a dummy, you ought to have that the train conductor dummy, right? And drag it behind your four-wheelers. Um, but overall, Houston, great you know, trip. it was a great trip. Uh, I can't thank the Phillies enough, John Middleton, the Bucks. Uh, just a phenomenal experience. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. And then we came home, John, and then we wished we had a roof because we got to rain out. Game three. Yep. Was that a bummer or what? It was a bummer, but uh, the good news is we kind of had a dress rehearsal because we had, uh, at least for me, I guess I was the one that was in charge of, I'd, uh, I was able to get Dr. J yeah. and Bernie Perrant and Brandon Graham. So I had all three under my, I guess, purview, whatever, and I had to work logistics, and they're all coming in the same time, and I got them all in. And they're waiting. We got them into a suite. We didn't know whether there, yeah. there was a game or not because there was the, obviously the forecast of rain. But at least we kind of did the dry run because yeah. they all came back the next day. Thank God. Yeah, we had to make sure. And I know one, you know, Dr. J had to change his flight. Um, but that was very cool. And actually, one of the coolest moments is that night, uh, you know, we were in there. I know that you were the biggest Sixers fan. Yes. And I said, Tom, you got to come down here. I know, you know, the, the, uh, I guess it was. Had the game been canceled yet? Yes. The game oh, so the game got canceled. canceled. So before Dr. J, I didn't know how long they were going to stay. I said, you got to get up here, and uh, you got to meet Dr. J. Well, yes. And uh, I was uh, taking care of Sherry O'Terry, the former Saturday Night Light, uh, Live castmate, who wound up doing a little routine with the Fanatic. Uh, she got, you know, we got rained out that night, so she came back two but, nights but later. But you had a dress rehearsal, too, because you we, practiced with her. Uh, we rehearsed. The Fanatic, the fanatic with uh, her, right? had to rehearse with Sherry to do the perfect cheer, you know, the, what she made famous with uh, Will Ferrell. And um, so, yeah, it was a bummer. The game, you know, gets rained out. Uh, I'm taking care of Sherry. I go up to her suite, and I'm, I was just about to take her to the exit. That's when you called. And, you know, listen, John, Dr. J was my all-time, all-time guy growing up. In I, any sport or any, any celebrity. Sport, you have no idea. I collected all his memorabilia. So I had just about every basketball card, every magazine. My whole room was uh, – just Dr. J everywhere. When I went to Drexel, I had a Dr. J shrine. You know, kids would come into my my dorm room like and just be in awe. Like some of the pictures I had of Doc, biggest Doc fan ever. And I've only really met him not too many times. Um, there was one time Gary Maddox bowling tournament in Jersey. I that, I think that was really the one time I formally met Doc. So when you called and said hey you got to come and, and bernie too is up there right well plus you had a story when you were a kid about dr j right you wrote a letter to him <laughs> yeah, i wasn't a kid i was an adult i was oh, getting sorry. ready to go, get married and my brothers invited doc 
to my bachelor party. That's great. <laughs> and so uh, he sent a very – they called it uh, Tom's pre-wedding party. I think Doc read between the lines. It's right. like, this sounds like a bachelor party. And uh, he sent a very nice letter uh, wishing Jen and my wife and I well, and I framed that letter and I had it you – know, And hanging. you told Dr. J that story. Yeah, I did, sure, when I got in there and was talking to the doc. Now – I I always uh, I try to embarrass you sometimes, not embarrass you, but I yeah. put you in situations where you're looking at me like, really, you're gonna make me do this? And so I I put you in a situation where I said, Doc, I said uh, Tom Burgoyne here does an unbelievable Dave Zinkoff impression. Uh, now you did. We I think we sh- we had you uh, Sixers game yeah. at a timeout, <laughs> yeah. and you did a one on one with some other guy. And you actually Dream come true. And you won the Dave Zinkoff contest at the Sixers game just last year. Yes. So I knew I've I've loved it's one of my favorite things you do when you go through the whole lineup at Dave Zinkoff of this of the Julius Irving era. Yes. And so I put you on the spot and I had you do the lineup in front of Dr. J. So you know what? Actually, Tom, we have it on tape. So wait, let, what? You're gonna run this audio right now? We are running it right now, Tom, ah. because I think it's too good not to share. <laughs> it's so good. Right. Uh, in fact, I. I was down at a wedding this weekend, and people that didn't even know who Dave Zinkoff is because they're from all over the Come country, on. and they didn't know who you were. I said, "You got to watch this." And they again, they didn't know what they were really watching, but they were laughing hysterically. <laughs> so, with that, uh, uh, we are going to go right to the audio. Here is Tom Burgoyne uh, doing Dave Zinkoff in front of Julius Irving. It goes something like this again. And now, the six of starters first. God, West Texas State number ten, Mo Cheeks. At the other guard, number 22, Southwest Louisiana, number 22, Andrew County, Santa! Petersburg High School, Virginia, number two, Moses Malone. The forward from the University of Virginia, number eight, Mark Averroni. And, and, from the University of Massachusetts, number six, 76, Captain Joyce, Irving. <laughs> Wow. Well, you know what, John? I'm glad this isn't a visual, um, uh, you know, this isn't televised as podcast because when I look at that video, I'm like, I make the funniest That's faces. That's the best part. That. That's the best part because you really got into Zinc. You and have to get I don't know it. if Zinc did that. Did Zinc do that? Like, did uh, he, like, make those, like, your, your head's going up and down and your <laughs> my eyes are rolling in the back of my head. And I love when when, when, it, when you do the Moses Malone, you get more quiet and you get him from, from whatever high school. I like, and when he used to uh, introduce Mark Ivoroni, he was like a throwaway. And from the University of Virginia, number two, Mark, uh, Mark Ivoroni. Like, it's just like, yeah, okay. And then and Julius Irving, but no, John. That and, was a- and and you got to say because people can't see it when Doc when you did Julius Irving, he's yeah, yeah. almost dancing before you're about to get to him. He's dancing like I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. And then you do it, and the look on his face is just he, he gives you a big <laughs> hug, he, he high fives you, and oh, it was awesome. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And actually, one of the um, cool things we talked about, Jason Kelsey. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you uh, heard this. I, I, we won't show the audio. I'll just explain it. But after we had Jason Kelsey with the fanatic, right? Um, Eagles had a game, uh, and then after the game, they have the press conference, and they bring different people onto the press conference. And they had Jason Kelsey. And one of the questions they said, "Hey, you were over doing, you know, performing with the fanatic uh, after the fifth inning, and." You know, did you see the electricity over there, and, and did that carry forward to the locker room and the Eagles? And so he gives this great answer. Yes, I was over there. It was awesome. I did this thing with the Fanatic. And they said, how did it get set up? And he said, well, uh, there's a lady over at WIP, Cindy Webster, who's uh, been trying to get me to a game. And she called me and said, would you want to come to a playoff game? You know, I can do something, then figure it out. And he said, <laughs> he said and there's this gentleman uh, over the Phillies named uh, John. I uh, can't remember his last name. And all the media are the same media that we have. Yeah, right? Sure. And I've known these guys for 29 years. And you hear in the background, Brazier, Brazier, Brazier. Uh, he's, like, <laughs> he's like, yeah. He goes, and he's director of fun and games. What a great title. Like, that, that's the best title ever, Director of Fun and Games. He's saying this at an Eagles press conference, right? So it's absolutely hysterical. Have that on that video. Guy too. Love that guy. He's the best. Dr. J, Jason Kelsey, one and two. And I don't know if I mentioned this the last one. He, he was a lacrosse player and a hockey player. I can't picture yeah. that guy as a crease attackman in, in lacrosse or uh, playing hockey on skates. So, so that was our rain out. So that, that was, the, yeah, that was a great That was night. a dress rehearsal. <laughs> that, was, that was a great night. Come back for uh, game three. Uh, I know the Fanatic was excited because, again, shooting hot dogs. He had Manny Trio, John, sitting in the passenger seat. For we talked shooting. about that. We've had him on our yeah. podcast before. You can go back and listen to that. But, yes, he was both of our kind of unsung favorite players Absolutely. growing up. Absolutely, yeah, and he got a great reception. Yep. So uh, it was just great to get game three under our belt, and what it was a great game, too. And just John. loud. Just the, the, yeah, the, the crowds crowd. were awesome. Nice. Just everything was, uh, you know, really humming uh, along. And the first pitch, I mean, again, we finally got that first pitch. Yeah. And I know Crossing Broad, and there's a couple other uh, – uh, news outlets that basically said it was the probably the greatest first pitch ever. For sure. Uh, right? Because you had Bernie, Brandon Graham, uh, Dr. J. Mike Schmidt. And Mike Schmidt, right? <laughs> Throwing to the 2008, which, you know, going into the playoffs, right, John? We, we – we would announce on the day of the game, or the, I guess the day before, who was throwing out the first pitch. But we kept yeah the surprise. The surprise, keep surprise element is who's catching. And so when those guys came out, the 2008 guys, yeah, it just what a great way to get the World Series started here in Philadelphia with just having all those world champions on. The and field. those guys were excited to meet. Yeah. I mean, even though they probably yeah. were too young to see Dr. J. They know all about Dr. J, and yeah, they, yeah, so yeah. they were excited to meet those guys. I was kind of down, you know, they all got a picture taken. And you know what the cool thing is, Tom? Before they went out, they all huddled together. Uh, now, this is just the Bernie, Dr. J, Mike, and Brandon Graham. They all huddled together, and then they said, hey, guys, I think Mike Schmidt kind of took the leader, uh, the, uh, the leadership, and he said, hey, let's all sign balls for each other. So they all passed these balls around for their own 
sake. Like, so they all have, you know, yeah, everyone, cool. everyone has like the, in, all four of those guys nice. on the ball, which is, which is super cool. And they, they uh, loved it. But let's get to Sherry or Terry. Yes. Okay, so. Which was game four because she couldn't uh, make it right. Tuesday. So then we had her back on uh, Wednesday. And, uh, and that first pitch, by the way, before we get to, yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah, so it's before we get to that, the first pitch on that game four was yeah. awesome because you had Miles Teller, who's yeah. had been there for the whole NLCS, had been there for the whole World Series, yeah. was awesome. I know you had a part, of, you know, had him sure. as part of your uh, fanatic routine. Um, and, uh Right, and then Rob McElhinney from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yep. And Catching. same thing. And you had Chase, yep. and you had what? And Jimmy. Uh, and Jimmy, which was, again, phenomenal. Yeah. And Chase and Rob are friends, and they, yeah, yeah, yeah. they had that It's Always Sunny m- moment where I guess Rob had said he always yeah. wanted to have a catch with Chase Utley on the TV show. Yeah. Again, just a great way to get the the fire ignited, you know, right. to start the game. And just, just the crowd was so into it. And then you had Sherry O'Terry. So here's my yeah. Sherry O'Terry story. So uh, – if anybody watched Saturday Night Live, uh, the I think it was the opener this year, Miles Teller was the uh, host. Yes. And so he, uh, in his monologue, he said that he uh, grew up on Saturday Night Live and it was a, a big thing in his house. In fact, you know, um, a lot of his, he's, I think he said something like, you know, some success goes back to watching Saturday Night Live. And he said, and he said, my mom, embarrassingly enough, has a video of me dancing as a cheerleader, Sherry O'Terry's part. Yeah. I'm doing that. And so on Saturday Night Live, they showed the home video right. of on Miles Saturday Teller Night doing Live. Sherry O'Terry's role right. with the cheerleader. So um, I knew Sherry was coming back, obviously. Yep. Never told Miles that. Never told Sherry that Miles is going to be at the game, right? I so uh, it was batting practice, and I'm down there with Miles and his dad, and I said, hey, uh, just to let you know, I'm going to introduce you to somebody who's very influential in your life, but I'm almost positive you've never met this person. Well, immediately he starts guessing. And I, I said, you, you might as well stop guessing now because you're not going to get it. So he, but he's the whole pregame, he's really curious, right? I was waiting until Sherry texted me and said, hey, can you come get me and whatever. So next thing you know, Sherry texted me and said, hey, can you meet me out in front of the pregame radio booth? So I said, yes, I'll be there in about 10 minutes. So I grabbed Miles and his wife and his dad, and I brought him up and I took him into the main, our main office where Kelly sits, right? Yep. And I put him on a couch and I said, I'm about to introduce you to this celebrity that is very influential in your life. Yeah. So I put him down on the couch, and then I went to get Sherry. Yeah. And I get Sherry, and I didn't even tell her that uh, that she's going to meet somebody. I just said, "Here, come on, come on with I me." I saw your text saying, "I have a surprise for you." Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. maybe I said yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, I said yeah, I got yeah. a surprise for you, but I didn't say you're going to meet somebody. Yes. I just said you have a surprise for you. So I walk her through the Diamond Club lobby. I go through that back door, and right when I come around the door, I see Miles on the couch. I said, "Miles." Meet Sherry or Terry. Well, next thing you know, they see each other, and they had never met. Right. And next thing you know, and he just did this monologue not too long ago. I'm sure Sherry gave him, gave him a big hug. Right? Well, she's, she's a hugger. Total hugger. And she was shocked. He was shocked. Right, right, I have right. a video of this, and they hug. And next thing you know, for about 20 minutes, they start talking about the Saturday Night Live experience. And she was a, uh, mm-hmm. you know, what, how different it was because he's a, really a movie guy, yeah. right? And now he's all of a sudden has to do live TV and stand up. He has to be funny. And, yeah. you know, there's, and all the camera angles are different, right? And, all, and it was fascinating to hear the inside you know, scoop as like a just fly in the wall hearing about how they how they operate. So uh, yeah. very cool. Just, and then, yeah, you're right. She And then she came up into the 
uh, suite where I was hanging out uh, yeah, yeah. into the Asher suite. And it, I got to tell you, it was just an awesome. Yeah, she had so much fun, John. I mean, she was just really appreciated she was down here, really appreciated she was part of a fifth inning skit with the Fanatic. The perfect cheer, I don't think quite worked. Usually, you know, we thought that was going to bring the Phillies a victory. It didn't quite that night. No. But, uh, but uh, it and was they just played, so I guess fun. they played the alternative version, <laughs> yeah. right, of Funky Cole Medina, was it? But, uh, yeah, yeah. So I think the, it wasn't quite the perfect cheer, but um, – um, uh, she had a great time, and, uh, yeah, it was great having her down here. Yeah. Um, and, and she, for those that don't know, she's from Upper Darby. Right. So right, she's right. a Philadelphia native, So and I think she was very excited to meet the Fanatic as well. Another funny thing happened that night, John. So the seventh inning, Fanatic, uh, Fanatic had found a, a, uh, there was a little boy who on opening day uh, dressed as a little mini Fanatic. He was only two and a half years old, but he – Got up on a dugout and he danced. It was great. It was spontaneous. Well, the fanatic brought him back for game four, uh, game four of the World Series, and uh, the dad's like, "Yeah, this can be great. He's actually six months older. He's more of a ham than ever. Uh, he still fits in the costume." So the fanatic's up on the dugout, looks over. The kid is with his dad. He's only three years old, uh, and he's big smile. You know, in his fanatic costume, he's looking at the fanatic. But I'm with the fanatic, and I look over and. And I noticed he's kind of, he's smiling, but it's a nervous smile. And he's clinging to his dad, like with all his might, you know. And so I'm okay. Uh, look over there. Now they are two outs. Fanatic's getting ready to, you know, dance with this kid at the end of the inning. Look over. He's nowhere to be found. He's gone. <laughs> he he amscrayed. <laughs> he took, he, he, he got so nervous that dad had to take him out up the steps and gone. So uh, he did not dance with the Fanatic. So guy. what did the Fanatic do? It turns out there were two guys dressed as Rocky Balboa in the front row and uh, very colorful. They had the robes on, you right. know. And uh, so the Fanatic brought them up onto the dugout and danced to something. And, and they were funny. They were animated. And the crowd loved them. So uh, it was a good fallback. But the kid just uh, – he he took off. He couldn't take the pressure. <laughs> well, it's just again just everything. And I know we all, as employees, we all got hit up by people for tickets and parking and favors and this and that. And there was a lot of cool moments. Uh, we had uh, probably about five months ago, uh, in the beginning of the season, I got a letter from a uh, somebody who was deployed um, overseas. I think I think he was in um, Kuwait. I could be wrong. Um, but anyway, he wanted to. Uh, have his kids and his wife come to a game and then uh you know and then we were going to facetime him from the field so i brought him down on the, on the wife and the kids down on the field the real small kids and the wife uh basically facetimed his that's the husband very cool now it was like four in the morning or whatever and yeah and and he was like they were getting emotional wow. saying because he's a huge phillies fan well he had called or emailed me before the playoffs started and said, hey, I'd love to come down to a game. Uh, you know, I, you know, thank you for everything you did for my family. But, uh, you know, my family and I would like to come down to a game. Well, you know what? They came down for a World Series game. Mm. And I finally met him, and it was awesome. Wow. And, and they were very emotional about, you know, the opportunity to be there with his family and everything that happened before. Mm. You know, and then you get the celebrities. You get the, uh, you know, all the different. So there's, there's just so many cool moments. And I, I mentioned yeah. this before in a podcast. You know, I did a lot of bonding with my daughter. Now, I mm -hmm. might have uh, turned her into a... <laughs> You know, lunatic, a lunatic, which <laughs> which I am when I but watch. But she's the game. not f bombing, so that's good. No, she's yes, but she was, you know, <laughs> she would never really get upset when the Phillies would lose, and she was so invested. And I think a lot of kids were invested in this mm. that I think this is that's what's going to bode well. That so many sure. people emotionally invested in the Phillies, yeah, yeah. and yeah. now we're going to have pretty much the same team. We're going to have some, hopefully, some you know, 
uh, improvements here and there and another year of Rob Thompson and uh, Dave Dombrowski working his magic. So I think it's just only going to get better. I agree. Hey, one other cool thing, too, that happened game four was uh, we had uh, First Lady here <laughs> right. on top of everything else. You know, actually, it was funny because we were getting ready to do our fifth inning routine with Sherry, and it was the exact same time that her uh, cars were coming down, you know, the service level. And so uh, we couldn't go that way. We had well, to like, I started, totally change where we had to go. Because, I'm taking Sherry or Terry to the yeah. right, and she's already – she was a little nervous, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're taking her to the right, and all of a sudden, uh, these guys are like, oh, you can't go that way. Yeah, I, said, well, we're part, I said, we're part of the Fanatic routine. I don't care. Yeah, you can't go that way. Yeah. So then they're like, I said, what about the Fanatic? Well, the Fanatic can't go the other oh, way. Oh, yeah, yeah, I said, huh. Yeah, we so figured I went, it out. Yeah, we, so we, we figured it so, out. But she was here, uh, you know, for Stand Up to Cancer. Right. Uh, she was, of course, awesome. She was uh, with Corey Phelan's family, I know, a good bit of the night. Yeah, that's, the, that's the Philly player, the young player that passed away. Cancer and uh, always a powerful thing. I know baseball is great about that. In the World Series, they always uh, do that, and it's a really powerful moment um, and pretty cool. Yep. Pretty cool thing. Because all the players, umpires, everybody got involved in it. Well, so it was, just, it was just, again, the experience. You know, again, if we did this yesterday, <laughs> it might be a little different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But looking at it today, Monday, uh, I think you've got to be, if you're a Phillies fan, which obviously anybody listening to this is probably a Phillies fan, you've got to be happy about what happened, right? Because it was totally out of the blue. It's almost like 93 where you just, you know, you weren't expecting it, and they made that run, and that's why they, I think they capture the hearts yeah, yeah. of fans back in 93. Yeah. And this is similar. It's, it was a team that had great comebacks, had the daycare, the young guys that did really well. You know, you had some, you know, turmoil in the beginning where Joe Girardi you know, gets let go and you bring in Rob Thompson and then the fans love Rob Thompson and, and then the, 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 the get you, we barely squeak in to the playoffs. Then we in the game one, we had an unbelievable comeback against the Cardinals in the ninth inning. And then we roll them. Then we, same thing. We roll the Braves and the Padres and just everybody we captured the city. I heard yeah. from people I hadn't heard from since nursery school. I know. Right. It of course they were asking again. for tickets, but <laughs> I heard people from <laughs> nursery did, school. It did feel like 2008 uh, and that whole run all over again. And it's just uh, nothing like it uh, when this place is packed and this city is behind their team. Uh, there's nothing like it. And what was cool about it, too, is they were really it, – it became a news story. Like, even when they were – the games, you know, the national media, John Smoltz, and, you know, they're like – it came up a lot. Like, this crowd is electric. There's nothing like it. And you nothing know what? Like How sick are we as Philadelphians, right, through and through, both of us, that – all you hear on the national level is, oh, the Philly fans are the ones that threw <laughs> snowballs at Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. They're the ones that blah, blah, blah. Right? Right, I mean, right, just, right. just we joke. get the – just a brutal. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I think in the past, you know, it probably did affect us free agency-wise, you know, because people are like, oh, the fans are brutal. But you know what? Our players mm. – uh, you know, we talked about this before, but our players would talk to whenever we have, you know, uh, celebrating the 93 team or celebrating the 80 team or celebrating the 83 team. Um, you know, those guys come back and they saw the best of, you know, the Philly fans and they heard about it. And, but you know, until you experience it, they're not really going to fully appreciate it, understand it. Well, our players Hmm. saw not just saw that we have the best fans in the country because this place was just electric alive. They're, you know, they were saying now, I think it was. I don't, I don't, was it really true when they said the earthquake? (laughs) Yeah, right. I know, I know it wasn't true, but you know, you almost, you almost believed it because, you know, because this crap place was rocking. Um, It's really great. And I think it's going to bode well because I think, you know, again, if you're a free agent uh, and and all of a sudden you're getting pitched to come to Philadelphia, right? 
Well, all of a sudden you're like, you know what? I want to be part of this. I want to sure. play with Schwarber. I want to play with Harper. I want to play with these guys. And I want to be in front of these fans because look how much fun it was watching it in the World Series and what a home field advantage it was when the fans are, are just, you know, ravenous and, you know, crazy. It was awesome. It was. Let's do it again. Uh-oh, what are you waving over there, John? I didn't think we were doing a quiz today. Tom, I surprised you with the quiz. I, I wanted to keep it consistent since we have a quiz all the time. I, and I can I, redeem myself. And I also I wanted two. to redeem you since Thank you went you. two for eight. And I figured that uh, that now that we've uh, moved past baseball season, right, we're now in the off season. I figured I'd, I'd we, there's three Philadelphia teams that are oh. uh, playing right now. So I'll give you a oh. couple questions from the Eagles. All right. A couple questions from the Flyers. I hope they're Flyers. all based in like the 70s and 80s. A couple That's questions my wheelhouse. from the Sixers. <laughs> I figured the election day is tomorrow, so I'm going to give you one Ooh, political. political one. Right. And then I threw in a music one because you're very good. Uh, All right. Speaking fan. of music, uh, let's go with the theme song. We got a quiz. We need our theme song. Hit it, Skip. Thanks for the visit. Let's get down to business. Now here's your chance to show how much you really know. He might get grumpy if he can't stop you with Brazier's Quiz. All right, there it is, John. So uh, you got it? Let's do it. All right, eight questions. As you know, you have to get six out of eight to redeem yourself. Okay. okay. Multiple choice. It's not about your life. It's about what I just mentioned. Right. It's Eagle Sixers, Flyers, politics, and uh, music. Okay. So I think you're going to do very well here. In fact, I think you could possibly run the table. What? Not to Me? put any pressure on you. All right. I don't know about that. I, and I tend and to if, joke. If you get this, if you get six out of eight, Go ahead. I will buy you lunch today. How about that? Beautiful. Right? All right. Sounds good. All right. Question number one. Here's the Eagles. Two Eagles right off the bat. Who is the all-time Eagles leader in defensive touchdowns with five? Defensive touchdowns with five. Is it Lito Shepard, Malcolm Jenkins, Eric Allen, or Brian Dawkins? Is it Lito Shepard, Malcolm D- Jenkins, Eric Allen, or Brian Dawkins? I'll go Eric Allen. You are one for one. There you go. Really? All right. Who is the all-time Eagles leader in field goals made mm. with 294? Jake Elliott, Dave Akers, Tony Franklin, Tom Dempsey. Wait, I knew this. Go ahead. Say it again. Jake Elliott, Dave Akers, Tony Franklin, Tom Dempsey. Dave Akers. Dave Akers. You are two for two, not yep. Philly's Dave Akers. You know, name came to mind was uh, McFadden. Paul, uh, Paul, Paul McFadden, McFadden, right, yeah, Paul yeah. McFadden. But, all okay. right, two Go for ahead. two. Now, you are a Sixers guy. You should know all these. Sixers. Who is, who is the Sixers' all-time leader in steals with 1,942? Do you even need the multiple choice? How about choice? that, Maurice Cheeks? Maurice Cheeks. Who is the Sixers' all-time leader in personal fouls <laughs> with 3,855? You want the uh, multiple choice? Is it Dr. J, Billy Cunningham, Dolph Shays, or Hal Greer? Dr. J. Hal Greer. <sighs> How career? How career? Really? Yeah. All right. I just went with like games played. All right. You still have. You right. still have uh, room for error, right? Yep, yep. All right. We're moving to the Flyers. Okay. Who is the Flyers' all-time leader in penalty minutes with one thousand eight hundred and seventeen? Is it Rick Tockett, Dave Schultz, Paul Holmgren, or Bobby Clark? Rick Tockett. Rick Tockett is correct. Yep. See, you are on a roll. Who is the all-time leader in game-winning goals with sixty-one? Game-winning goals for the Flyers with sixty-one. Brian Prop, John LeClaire, Bill Barber, Rick McLeish. Wow, I love that question. Game-winning goals, Well, 61. I golfed with Brian Prop, and we had the greatest time last month. Uh, Nicest with the guy prop. you'll ever yeah, meet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a great love, time. Love Brian Prop. I, I actually s- got to play with Brian Prop and the Flyers alumni several times. I want to say him, but I am not. I'm going to go with 
the guy, one of the greatest flyers of all time, Bill Barber. John LeClaire. John LeClaire, 61. LeClaire all right, now you have to run the table. I do. Go ahead. Uh, but the good news is we're getting into your wheelhouse. <laughs> this is gonna Politics. Be, this might be your, your toughest one. Ready? Who was the shortest president at five foot four? Five foot four, the shortest wow. president. That was is it? one short president. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, wow. He is the last one to know it's raining. Uh, uh, all right. Martin Van Buren, Rutherford Hayes, James Monroe, James Madison. Martin Van Buren, Rutherford Hayes, James Monroe, James Madison. I'm going James Monroe. James Madison. Madison. James <sighs> Madison. And there I went. I see. Did, so I'm buying my own lunch today. You're buying your own lunch. Uh, and then Why the last question is, I think you'll get this one. Go ahead. Who was the youngest Beatle? Was it Ringo, George, John, or Paul? The youngest Beatle. Um, Come on. Ringo, George, John, or Paul? I'm going Ringo. Uh, it is George Harrison. George Harrison yeah, was the youngest. George Harrison was the youngest. Sorry about that. Oh, I fell apart at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you went O for the last three. Yes, I'm pretty sure Paul's the oldest, John's second oldest, Ringo's third, and then George's the youngest. All right. Well, uh, that had nothing to do with our playoff run. It did not. And, and it ended on a whimper, too. Cause you just, you know, I figured I'd give you an easy up. I figured I'd give you a music, easy music one. All right. Well, John. I'll keep it to Jackson Brown next time. <laughs> Please. Um, we're gearing up for the offseason. Um, you know, we get that schedule in July. So our promotions and entertainment group has been uh, working on, you know, already we're slotting in what we're going to be doing in 2023 with promotions and giveaways and everything we do. Um, but we got our work cut out for it for us. It's a little shorter off season, which we're thankful for. Um, and yeah, we'll be in the spring training another three, three and a half months or so. Yep. And we're going to continue the podcast. So we'll, uh, that should be, should be good going forward. Yeah. Well, I don't know when our next one is, but it's all good. And, uh, yeah, we're going to do it, John. We're going to do it. it. I'm, I, this is going to be a good off season because I think again, good things are coming. Uh, we've got, it's almost like in 2007, when we got a taste of the playoffs, and then look what happened. Not saying we're going to win the World Series next year, but get a yeah. taste. These guys got a taste. They got a big taste because they got all the way to the World Series. Uh, and then again, we know what we're what we need. And Dave Dombrowski, I, I and Dave, I trust, and Rob, I trust, Rob Thompson. It's uh, I think we have the nucleus of a, of good things happening. Beautiful. From your how's it say? Your From your God's lips ears. to God's ears right there. Yep. We'll end on that. All right, John. Well, another great season with uh, the podcast, and uh, we'll see you next time, everybody, on Phillies Backstage.